Good day to you all. It is I, Tim from Ski Rex Media, and I'm coming at you solo one more time. That's right, I'm coming at you solo again because I had something I thought of. Now, I had a whole other podcast planned for this week. I did, and I started recording it around, well, when I had some downtime on one of my lifty shifts over at Whaleback. But I was having a little trouble with it. I wasn't able to finish it while I was there, so that kind of ruins it. And I also came up with another thought uh, yesterday that I wanted to talk about, and I will get into that in a moment. However, speaking of Whaleback Mountain, Whaleback is still open. That's right. It is March 11th, and we'll get into that too. Um, So this week, Whaleback is still open and still looking nice. We've had a little snow melt uh, the last day or two as the temperatures have approached 40 and the sunshine is going out, but it doesn't matter. Visit Whaleback anyway. Whaleback is awesome. Whaleback is everything you can want in a mountain in a small package that skis much bigger than it looks and much bigger than you'd expect, and I'm not the only one to say so. So if you want steep trails, they have steep trails. If you want not steep trails, they have not steep trails. Easy stuff. If you want trees, they have trees groomed, natural, snowmaking, no snowmaking. There's racing going on over there and race training. All kinds of stuff at Whaleback Mountain. And they'll teach you how to do it too. And they can rent you the gear to learn how to do it as well. I say go check it out, Whaleback Mountain in Enfield, New Hampshire, one of my favorite places right off the interstate, I-89, exit 16, it really is the biggest and the best thing off the exit, yes there's other things, but Whaleback is where it's at, right, Whaleback Mountain, ski it to believe it. Also, if you're looking to get some gear, not just rent it, but own it, and yeah, use a lot of places you can go. You can go to your local shop to get that done, but what if you want something all your own, something completely custom, custom width, custom length, custom graphics, custom sent to you, custom picked up from those who made it? You can get in touch with my boy KJ, his dad Kevin over at St. Custom Skis and Snowboard, saintskis.com. Check them out. They have a whole gallery of photos of some of the graphics they've put on some of the skis they've made some of them look absolutely incredible and i'm sure they ski just as well i will be skiing my own pair of saints as soon as they come out and they will be mine all mine the graphics were partly me and kj kj helped with the graphic design i picked the length i picked the width everything else it is 100 a custom ski rex media ski that only i will have right and if you want your own pair that you only you'll have that's unique to you head to saintskis.com hit them up with a message check out what they have give them a call however it takes to get a hold of them and they will make something for you say custom skis and snowboards out of gorham new hampshire check them out now it is march 11th and there are a couple different things we could talk about and again I'm doing this the day before the Patreon release, which Patreon gets early access. Patreon subscribers get early access. You get the podcast on Sunday. General audiences get it on Wednesday, as you may know. But the reason I am getting it done so late, just the day before the early release date, is because I had a different thought. Now, there's a bunch of things I could talk about, being that it is March 11th. March 11th is a day for Jake. You all know what a day for Jake is. It is a day of honoring and remembering and a day of remembrance of and for Jake Burton Carpenter, a person whom you all know, the founder of Burton Snowboards, someone who did so much for snow sports as a whole 
through his life. Today is a day to honor him, and people are out there taking runs on snowboards mostly, probably, but skiers too, and all the sub-disciplines of those two sports. Everybody's out there, or not everybody, but a lot of people are out there taking one for Jake, taking a run for Jake, maybe pouring one out for Jake, and having a good day. And it is a nice day here in New England. I hope it's a nice day where you are. And I hope you did get out there and pour one out, take a run for Jake, throw the finger in the air for Jake, whatever it is, showed your colors, showed your appreciation for that man, Jake Burton Carpenter. May he rest in peace. Also this weekend, we're talking about Michaela Schifrin and win 86. Seven. Congratulations to her. She's now the record holder, the most winningest World Cup skier, Alpine skier there is. Um, that puts Ingmar Stenmark in second and Vaughn in third. Um, there's your new top three. And the thing is, I asked this on Twitter and this is what I'm going to talk about. I don't have much to talk about because for that because everybody else in the world is talking about that right now everybody has either said congratulations on social media or in an article or in a podcast or they have you know there's plenty of sports writers out there who are much better sports writers than I am I do my best but they've actually written about it and they can do so much more for it but I say this the woman is under 30 she's still as good as she's ever been she's still in great health and great shape and 87 wins she there's still some season left so she can widen that gap a little but where's it gonna end because she now she has the record she doesn't have to fight for it now every win on top of this record is just bonus points that's all it is and let's let's look at Lindsay Vaughn who retired at age 34 and that gives her what seven six and a half seasons six seasons to get to that point and she wins how many per season she could be doing well over a hundred I pose the question is this going to end up being an unbeatable record will there any be records are meant to be broken 100% records are just ways to keep track to see who's raising the bar where and how and you know that you can use that I'm sure for practical um, for practical applications for training if this person does it this way and did it this way how do we do it to go faster to make ourselves better I guess you could say whatever it is but there's some records that and I'm sure there's got to be a few I can't come up with any offhand maybe I could go look them up while I'm recording this but I don't think I'm going to if you're interested you can do it then you can let me know that's right I, I do this part you do the rest I don't know I'm just being stupid but the point is is this going to be an unbeatable record is she going to get well over 100 wins and will anybody ever do that again I mean what is the distance like we know right now 87 86 82 I believe is Lindsey Vaughn's number three spot right so what's the what's the what's the uh what's the um you know what hold on one second I'm gonna go look it up okay so here it is we got like I said 87 for Schifrin that's where she's at now 86 for Stenmark. That's where he retired. 82 for Vaughn. Then the next winningest person, Marcel Herscher. Remember him, Austria? He just retired just recently, like last year, year before. 67. 67 wins. 67 to 82 to go from fourth to third. That is a pretty wide gap. That is, what, 15 wins? And can, you know, so now you get 15 wins. And as you go down, the uh the alpine skiing list you know it gets down into the 50s and into the 40s very quickly so will there ever be anyone who can come back around 
and make even 80, which no one else has. Only the top three have the 80. Can anybody else, will anybody else hit 90, 100, 110, 120, wherever she ends up? Yeah, it's very cool that she just took this record, but it's also very cool to think about where it could go on the day she says, that's it, I'm done, alpine skiing is no longer for me, for whatever reason she has. You know, whether it's like Vaughn, where she just, her body can't take any more punishment, whether she decides that she wants to go have a family, where she wants to try something different, you never know. Maybe she'll go into, um, you know, amateur boxing and go win a couple of Olympic medals there in boxing. I don't know. You know, whatever it is, that'll be interesting to see where she lands and if anybody can come up behind her at all. Like when she's at, say, win 98, will there be someone else? And I don't think there's anybody close enough to get win 80. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I don't know. We're going to see where that ends up. So congratulations to Michaela Schifrin. Pour one out for Jake Burton Carpenter. But that's not what we're going to talk about, even though that's what I've been talking about for, oh, eight or nine minutes now. But that's me. You know how I operate, man. I say I'm going to get to the point. Do I? Eventually. Eventually I get to the point, right? Right. I don't know. We'll see. Well, we're getting to the point now. You see, this all revolves around something I noticed in the ski, the social part of skiing. Skiing is a social sport. See, isn't that a weird little left hook for you? I talk about Jake Burton. I talk about Michaela Schiffer, and now I'm going to go on to talking about social, the social aspects of skiing and snowboarding and snow sports. We all know snow sports are a social sport. You go there, you're going to end up talking to people. I talk to people all the time. I force people to talk to me on the lift. I'll just come up with something and spit it out. Like, I don't care. It could be something absolutely 100% random, and I will do it, and I will enjoy doing it as well. Now, yesterday, we get, there's a lot of storytelling when people are at the mountain. And in particular, well, let me tell you this one quick story. Yesterday, 310, March 10th, I was up with Scooter and Pops. You know them. They've been on the podcast before. They're part of the Pennsylvania contingent. Some of the OG um, charter fans of Ski Rex Media, some of them around the beginning of when Ski Rex Media started. And I was skiing with them at Cannon Mountain yesterday. It was an awesome, glorious day. And at one point, it was just me and Scooter. Um, He was up there with Pops, like I said, and his brother, and um, Scooter's brother, Eric. And they were up there, and Eric was taking a break, and Pops went down to get some water, right? He went to get a bottle of water from the car. Cool. So we went and took a few more runs. Now, as we're on the one chair, we're talking about how, you know, cell phones are a wonderful thing uh, because you can you know keep in touch with your group if you get separated and we though we didn't get separated uh accidentally we were very purposeful like i said someone went back to the car someone else was on break the other two of us were still skiing but um cell phones are a wonderful thing when you get separated because back in the 90s and before like i remember back in the 90s my friends and i if you got separated it's like i'll see you back at the parking lot at the end of the day uh, unless you happen to run into each other if you knew where you were going or where someone else might be going right so we uh <laughs> we were talking about how we got separated last year scooter and i were talking about how we all got separated where i got separated from everybody else at jay peak last season We were talking about that on the chair only to get separated five minutes later when we were taking our run after we got off the chair and we got separated. I got back on the chair first. I had to text him. He texted me back and we ended up getting back together. 
within minutes because he actually came down. It was two chairs behind me, um, which we didn't realize how close we really were. And then we met back up with the others. So while we were doing that and telling stories, and I realized then telling stories is a huge part of it, but I realized it even more when we were at, in line for the quad that goes up to the top of um, Cannon Mountain. You know, you go up their main high speed there, and then you drop down a little, and there's the one that goes from about uh, two-thirds up to the top. I can't remember the name of it. Shout it out if you know it. Um, I, I can't remember all of this stuff. Um, I, I just don't have the memory for it. I appreciate those of you who do, who can remember the name of every lift and every run and have can tell what mountain is which just by looking at it. Don't need a trail map with marked trails and signs. Just could see it from... You'd be standing on top of one mountain, see all the runs and be like, that's this, this is that, that is that. I can do that with some, but not nearly as many as some people can. Anyway, while we're in line for that quad that I can't remember the name of, I I overheard someone talking about, oh, where were they? Mad River Glen, I think is what they said. I just overheard them saying that. And throughout the day from there, you know, you hear about people talking about, this mountain, that mountain, another mountain. They're not just talking about the day, but they're telling their stories from the season. And that stuck with me for some reason. I don't know what it was because I, I think it is just the camaraderie, the, 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 the friendliness, the social aspects of skiing that people start to tell other stories. Like, of course, we talk about the day. When you first get on the lift, one of the first things you talk to someone about is, hey, how is it up there? That's what you do. You ask to see if they've already taken runs to tell you, you know, get a little intel on the mountain you're about to ride or the area you're about to ride. You know, a snow report can only tell you so much. It's all about actually touching it. When you read something and when you experience it are two different things. We know this. So that's like one of the first things you ask somebody. But then if you strike up a conversation, you say, I did this or we did that or I'm going to do this and I did it over here and I did it over there. And it's not being bragging it's not putting one mountain above another now some people will um but not necessarily in a competitive way because a lot of us i think understand that it's very subjective like people say the best mountain in new england the best mountain in the u.s the best mountain in france there is no best you can't pick a best it's too subjective subjective there is no best like you could you could say there is and you can come up with every metric you want but then this person's metric's going to be different, and that publication's metric's going to be different, and this media outlet's going to have yet another set of metrics to judge what the best mountain is. And it's not impossible to go to what they claim is the best mountain and have a really awful day. And you'll question, like, dude, is this really the best mountain? It's very subjective. So the best any of us can actually do is say, this is our favorite. Not that we're hating on where we are, but this is our favorite because it is and whatever that reason is. And that's what you're doing. You're telling these stories about these different mountains. I did this. I did that. And when you tell stories, like humans are very vocal creatures. We know this. We have language. It's why I hate when people butcher the language specifically English because that's the one I speak, but I'm sure those there are those out there who would agree with me with their language, whether it be Chinese, Spanish, the two most spoken languages in the world, mind you. Um, I think English might be fourth. 
third or fourth i don't know but um i don't remember is what i should say but you know we use language to communicate and a lot of that communication is through story we tell stories we're all storytellers in a way some of us are better at it you know like i know people you know tell some awful stories shoot i'm sure some of you are already starting to zone out now with just me talking guests return next week start they start to return next week and we're going to do guests pretty much to the end of the season um, end of season four of ski rex media and then this program will turn this year into summertime shenanigans which will be a bi-weekly program and i know this is kind of rando but you know if you are bored with me and you but you, hey some of you might have stuck it out for this almost 20 minutes 15 minutes wherever i'm at um, as i look at the clock tick by uh you you stuck it out because I, I try to tell a good story i try to be a good storyteller plus i understand i've studied storytelling from a more um you know fictional sense you know in in film and and another fiction I, I like storytelling that's why i like movies because of storytelling but i love storytelling we all love a story we all love a good story for whatever reason that's part of us as humans we love stories we need to hear stories and the better it's told the more we love it and that may sound stupid too but i think you know what i mean and that's what people are doing on the lift you're telling stories i was at mad river i was at killington i was at whaleback i was at pats i I was at Bolton or Cannon or McIntyre or Cabaret Peaks out there in Michigan or wherever you are, wherever you are, um, wherever you were, I should say. It's just telling stories, man. It's amazing to me how many stories are out there. Like, so obviously they say they share some stuff, sure. Of course they do. They have to. It's ski stories. You know, there's only so much ski stories you could tell, or at least you would think that, but there were so many stories that anyone could tell, and I do it too. I'm talking to people, and I say, oh, I saw this on this lift at this mountain in this state on this day. I just did episodes both for this podcast last week. For this podcast, I did the a story about Obergatlinburg. I actually did another version of it on the darker side of Ski Rex Media, the Patreon-exclusive podcast series, where there's a little bit more bad language and a little bit more negativity. And yes, you can tell positive and negative stories all about the same experience. So if you would like even more insight into the Obergatlinburg um, trip that I took, go ahead to go ahead over the Patreon again early access to this podcast you get the new podcast the darker side of ski rex media that's patreon exclusive there's other bonuses shoot remember i said at the beginning of this i was talking about doing a um a, a, a podcast i was recording it while i was at whaleback when i had some downtime over at while i was running the t-bar I, I wasn't able to finish that because it didn't come together the way i wanted to but i'm gonna put it up on patreon for the patrons to hear the biff it really wasn't a biff but you'll just get some raw audio and see what i was trying to do but i am going to come back and revisit the idea so check it out patreon.com slash ski media now enough with that plug the point is this tell your stories Tell your stories, word of mouth, the original advertising. Remember back in the long ago, entertainment and news and everything was that was all like in one. This is talking like medieval stuff when the wandering minstrels were wandering about singing songs about what they saw and what was going on. It's no different 
to tell stories on the lift. Um, what was Chaucer's thing there? The Canterbury Tales. Remember that? This is very similar to that idea. You could get a Canterbury Tales experience just riding around the lift all day. If you think I'm wrong, check it out. You'll find out that I'm right. We live in our stories. Skiing is not just a sport for social interaction, but it is a storyteller's game. Everybody gets a story. Everybody gets an adventure. And it doesn't matter if you only ski cruiser groomer runs. It doesn't matter if you ski tree runs. It doesn't matter if you're backcountry or competitive or solely recreational or weekday or weekend or New England or mid-Atlantic or the West or the Rockies or Canada or Europe or South America or Australia or New Zealand. Wherever it is, you will get a story about lots of snow, no snow, crashes, Epic saves, um, jumps, uh, cool trails, stupid trails, awful mountains, rude lifties, which is very rare. I love my lifty brothers and sisters. Um, rude people in the ticket line, um, clowns who don't know how to park their car, people who figured out where to park so they can just jump from the trunk of their car right onto the mountain and ride, and they'll tell you all about it and who they were with, and some of them will just be people they know, others will be celebrities. You know how many celebrities I've actually skied with? Not a one, but that's a story in itself because I know I've been to mountains where celebrities are, and I've been there at the same time I've come to find out, but I've never skied with any of them, but my the point is that we live in story. Skiing is a storytelling sport. Snow sports are story storytelling sports. We I, and that's one of the reasons Ski Rex Media exists. I try to tell the stories. I want to tell the stories. The word of mouth. That's where I was going. The minstrel. The original. Um, advertising word of mouth by telling our stories people get excited they hear these things or they learn something you know if you tell about an awful day and say but it was my fault because of a b and c that person might learn not to do a b or c you know what i mean tell your stories let people know or you get people excited to go there when i tell a story i hope i hope i get people to go there i honestly hope that Whaleback having a record seasons pass sale or ticket sales or both. I can't remember which offhand, uh, if it was one or the other or all or both of them. But I'd like to think I had something to do with that because I tell so many whaleback stories. You know what I mean? Like, I am a storyteller. I tell you all the time stories. I use social media to show you what I'm doing, when, where, and why. And we all do that. That's what social media was to begin with. It's the same idea. People love to share. People love to talk. People want to show you what they have done for different reasons. But most of us, it's just we want to say, hey, here's my story. What do you think? Not arrogance. Some of it's arrogance, I know. And some of it's bragging. And some of it's whatever. And maybe a little bit negative. But for the most part, it's just like, dude, I did this. What did you do? And that's the beauty of it. That's where the communication piece comes in because that's the question. I did this. I did this. How did you do this? Well, I did this here, but did you do this there? Or maybe you should do this there. I was like, I can do that there, but then what about over here and do this, that, and the other? That's the social, social storytelling, advertising through word of mouth and being the wandering minstrel of the slopes and all this other stuff, dude. That is where snow sports is at, especially for us recreational folks. But I bet you it translates to competitive i'm 100 willing to bet on that right now i would bet on that in a second right 
Right. Do you agree with me? Let me know if you agree with me. You can reach Ski Rex Media at contact at skirexmedia.com. That's by the email address. You can find that linked on the website at skirexmedia.com. Very easy to find. You can also contact me through DMs, um, direct messaging through Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Very easy. You can get a hold of Ski Rex Media. Very, or you can just tag me in a post if you want to. People have been doing that lately too, so that's pretty cool. Let me know what you think, man. Have you? told stories do you think i'm wrong do you think it's i just that was me that day or maybe i'm projecting because i am a storyteller maybe i'm projecting my own whatever on other people right i mean it could be anything so if you think i'm right if you think i'm wrong let me know if you thought this episode was stupid let me know if you made it to the end and you thought this episode was kind of cool let me know also, let me know if there's a guest idea you have because I'm getting guests back on. I'm not going to tell you much. We have yet another person who runs a mountain, courtesy of Stuart Winchester over at Storm Skiing Journal and Podcast. Is a lot. Is it's a there's a bit involved, so we're going to do that. I also have the founders of Banana Blades, brand new ski boarding company. We're going to check out, check in with them. We're going to have the Teen and Tween episode. I'm still working on scheduling that because teens and tweens have schedules, especially competitive uh, skier and snowboarder teens and tweens. Um, they have training and races and school and extracurriculars and family. And yeah, it's it, you know, we're busy, but kids are busy too. So we're getting in on all that, plus a few other people. Plus, who knows what else as we come into the spring at the end of the winter and into the spring. We are, like I said, today is March 11th. This will debut on Patreon on March 12th. It will re, uh, debut the following Wednesday, which is the 15th, March 15th. So halfway through March, going into April, everybody's making their spring skiing plans. I, I We were already talking about maybe going up to Killington and hitting the Superstar Glacier at the end. Who knows? But I will see you out there because I will be at Whaleback. Um, let's see, for you Patreon folks who are listening to this today, that's where I am. I'm over at Whaleback. This should be debuting about when the chair opens and I should be there. Um, and I'll be skiing there. And there's, I might go up to the Middlebury Snow Bowl on Monday because I had never been there. And then I might be at Waterville this week too. And I'll be working Tuesday and Wednesday, which if you listen to this as general audience, today uh, at 9 a.m., if you got it when it come out, that's awesome. I will be at Whaleback this afternoon for my very last lifty shift, which will not only conclude my employment with Whaleback for the season, but it will also conclude my research for my book about the lifty lifestyle, and we'll see what that turns out to be, if that's any good. Right? Right. I am Tim from Ski Rex Media. Again, check out our partners in the links in the description. If you are listening to this into the car, don't don't look at your phone while you are listening. Please wait till you get home to check out links. And you can always go to skirexmedia.com and you can find a lot of information there, right? Right. Also look out for that to be changed. I'm gonna change it again. I could still I'm still not happy with the design. Even though I like the design, it's not what I want. Anyway, I will stop rambling now that we're pushing 20, 25 minutes since I'm solo. When when it's someone else is here, we, we go a little longer. But we're trying to get under a half hour on the solo episodes, right? Right. Again, Tim from Ski Rex Media, thanking you for listening. Thank you for joining me. Thank you to Scooter and Pops for the ski day yesterday, March 10th, up at Cannon. Thank you to Cannon. Um, it was a beautiful day. And thank you to everyone else and anyone else. Check out everything. And I will see you out there before this season is over. Not that the season actually has to end but we'll get into that later. Later, everybody. Have a good one.